Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? I am excellent. Excellent. Great. Yes. Good. I heard you had a good weekend. I did. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I've got all kinds of things buzzing through my head this morning, which of course is going to be the um, source of inspiration for our weekly podcast. So yes. So one thing was that on Saturday, we were very, very privileged to be invited by the Buffalo Bayou Partnership in Houston to be a partner with them at a huge kids fair that they did on the East Buffalo Bayou sector on a place called Tony Marone Park. And uh, I was just so inspired by one of the events that a member of our community had set up at our booth. And he had this recycle game where kids come together and he had two buckets of collections of materials that could be recycled or not. And he gave them three small things that they could then, you know, sort and distribute the the jumbled collection into. And it was really fascinating to see how all of us and the kids and the kids' parents that we all had lots of of misunderstandings about uh, recycling. And Steve, the Mr. Green Recycle of the entire planet, who just happens to live in Houston and be a member of our community, Steve Seltzer, he was just great at educating all of us. And I was just really inspired by that and was just thinking about how great it is that we have him in our community and the things that I and myself am going to learn from him and be inspired to do. It just really got me on fire about that. And then the other thing running as a thread through the last few days in my life is I'm reading a book by Courtney Martin, who's a freelance journalist, and she's just published a new book called uh, Learning in Public. And I, I think about that as our community thinks about moving into a neighborhood where some of us are starting and not me, I shouldn't say me in the us part because I no longer have <laughs> school-aged children, but I know some of the parents of school-aged children are looking at the possibility of putting their kids in the local schools. And Courtney Martin, who lives in co-housing in Oakland and was faced with that decision when her four-year-old came to that point in time and made the public school decision herself, has written this amazing account of that. And it just got me just kind of all fired up about all of these things that we will be doing when we move into that community. And I kept thinking about this. Yeah, and I kept thinking about this phrase of thinking globally like we do, but then really acting locally. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny, Lynn, because I had a Nalgene bottle in college with that as a sticker. (laughs) This idea that you need to think about the the whole planet, you know, you need to act locally because that's really all you have control over, but that you need to think more broadly about your actions and what kind of, you know, consequences and what impact you have, good and bad. Um, So that's, that's, I love that that you've gone down that road. Well, I think it's amazing because that was not a phrase that I grew up with. So I just love it that already, you know, a few years behind me, well, quite a few years, but anyway, that your group (laughs) was already coming through those formative years with that kind of a thought in mind and imprinted on uh, Nalgene bottle stickers. Yeah. (laughs) 
So the thing that I like about co-housing and when I think about projecting myself into that, into that future phase is that it gives me a place and a means to do things that normally for me would be aspirational. You know, it's going to give me a place where I can actually take action on something rather than just pontificating about it over a glass of wine at a dinner party. So a couple of real examples for me are going to be seriously downsizing. So moving very consciously to a smaller footprint that I know is giving me a lot of wakeful nights. Yeah, um, we need to check back in on that, Lynn. Like, yeah, how is it going? We'll see that uh, for another podcast. Yeah, I was hoping <laughs> I was, I shouldn't have said that. And then I think the other thing is we all complain about the fact that you know, in my street of 30 households, we have a complete duplication of absolutely everything in each other's garages and in our houses. And I think, okay, when we move to co-housing, there's going to be a lot of throwing out of a lot of things or regifting because we're not going to need all those. We are all entering into this kind of shared economy. Yeah, I like that you brought Steve up at the beginning because I think about this with uh, living in co-housing. I found it really inspiring to be living near people who were just kind of further along than I was on some things. Mm. So there was one family in particular I'm thinking of who had uh, girls slightly older than mine. And I mean, they really, really walked the walk. They bought nothing. Um, they remember a birthday party where the, you know, like here they would send you home with a little bag of, you know, gifts and yeah. treats and you all know, kinds whatever. of trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that because, you know, it's adorable trash, right? But yes, it is trash. Um, but, but this family sent home little, uh, plant starts, you know, mm. the kid had, had done plant starts and so gave those away as gifts and, and you brought them home and they were in, um, they were in yogurt cups from the recycle bin in the common house <laughs> that nice. people had because in the common house people would bring their um yogurt or if you had a you know container like that mm -hmm. wash it clean it bring it there and then when people wanted to take food home after a meal yeah. you go through and reuse those you know it's just it's like the ease of making these things easy and then also watching other people do them mm -hmm. makes it really um possible to do it I had another neighbor who was really involved in creating a gift economy, you know, and this was like, like 10 years ago when that didn't really exist. And he was working to meet, have people meet up their skills with other people's needs. And so mm -hmm. the idea was you would kind of, you know, pay into this gift economy and you would get out of it what you needed mm -hmm. instead of what they call a trade economy, you know, where I'm going to trade my time for um, money Instead, you're building a relationship. Uh, you know, I, I love it that you talk about those things because those are things that I think if somebody told me about those, I would go, oh, yeah, you know, that's really cool, like I'm doing now, and I can kind of imagine that. But I would say that in co-housing, I'm being taken to places that I could never have even imagined before. And there's yeah. one, there's one particular learning for me that I still kind of boggles my mind is that I have for all these years in the, since I moved to the United States in my adult years, been, been just so delighted with my disposal. You know, I've never <laughs> lived anywhere else in the, year, in the world that had a disposal. And I've always thought it was sort of a luxury um, appliance, if you will. <laughs> and I have learned from some of the people in our community, like you talked about your neighbors being more further along the path than you were in Colorado. And I have learned from some of 
um, our community members who are way further along than I am in terms of understanding about sustainable living, that in fact, these disposals are very unfriendly to yeah. our water treatment plants. And they, they, they cause us to spend a lot of extra money filtering out all of that residue that is put into the system. And I've just been kind of blown away by like that. How could I have not known this? Yeah. And that nobody talks about this. Well, the other thing is in co-housing, there's an easy fix for it too, because there's such a robust composting um, available, you know, right there on your property that's easy. And so if you don't have a disposal, then you have a little, you know, container next to it and you just fill that and then you take that out and compost it. And then you get this like, virtuous cycle right so mm-hmm. not only are you not taking that that waste off of the property but also you're enriching your soil and you're running into your neighbors while you do it so you're building connections and relationships and so it's like up from that one decision you then have this kind of cycle of of good things happening so i really like that one well and even you know you you said if you don't have a disposal what i'm being challenged to is to not use my disposal yeah. Because we have made a design decision because we won't be able to resell our property when, in the environment that we live in, that we would you know, put the thing in, but there's kind of an understanding that most of us wouldn't use it. And so yeah, I feel some very- people are not going to put them in though. Yeah. So it'll okay. be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, is it something that is, um, yeah, do, exactly. How much does it shift your behavior? Well, I'm already practicing at my house. We basically Good. don't use our disposal. So we're already <laughs> in a serious practice mode for the future. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, so Lynn, um, the other like behavior change that I think about when I think about like how co-housing makes you act locally is that there's this, I've noticed that in outside of co-housing, people are very, very happy to help. They're very happy to give. They're very happy to be in the position of having something and and giving it to someone else, right? But Mm -hmm. nobody asks for anything. Nobody ever asks for things because nobody wants to be an imposition. Nobody wants to whatever. But that doesn't allow you to be engaged with local local kind of real change if you are yourself not willing to be vulnerable and say, I need something Mm -hmm. too. And I feel like the in search of uh, (laughs) emails that come for causing, it's you practicing. It's you saying, I have needs that someone else can fill. I am in search of half of an avocado for my dinner and I don't want to get in my car and drive to the grocery store and go get it. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask my neighbors if they have it. I want to build that connection. And by doing that, by being vulnerable with the things that you need, you allow the broader Mm -hmm. community to interact with you also. And those are the ways that then you can really change behavior and you can really make better environmental decisions when you have equality in the form of giving and uh, receiving as opposed to just always giving. Yeah. Very nice. It creates a different kind of interdependence. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other interdependence that um, I have experienced in co-housing is when my kids and I would show up at community dinner and they would have, you know, a scout project or, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. And there are people who have skills, right, in the community that I just don't have, or they have mm-hmm. exper- life experiences that I don't have or they have career paths that I don't have, or my immediate family doesn't have. There's like, it's like a walking, you know, library at dinner 
where you can really tap into people's um, skills and interests. And so if you have a problem and you know, you think you know how to solve that problem, you know, you, you want to make a change in your community and you think you've got a way. But when you show up in co-housing at a dinner, all of these other people have advice and information and skills, and it really broadens the, what you are bringing to this problem. And I was looking at uh, high schools with one of my daughters and they were talking mm -hmm. about project-based learning mm -hmm. and how kids, you know, really need this kind of experience so that they can make better decisions, environmental decisions, more sustainable decisions, mm -hmm. better governance decisions in the future to really raise kids to be able to address novel problems, you really need to have a breadth of experience. And co-housing is that in space, you know, it just shows up at dinner. It's right there. <laughs> it's great. Wow. I mean, it's kind of like that in search of doesn't just apply to material things, but it also applies to uh, the intangible expertise. Mm -hmm. and, and as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the additional layer uh, that is sort of wrapped around co-housing and that is the increasing our ability to learn and listen. So, you know, people might have a lot of different opinions and expertise around you, but if you haven't really exercised your muscle of listening and, and being able to hold different ideas in your head at the same time, you would never be able to capitalize on that. So I yeah. think it's bringing all of that together that is really what is generates that power. Yeah, and not to go too far out on a limb with this, but I think too that living under the flat organization mm. that co-housing is, uh, moving away from hierarchy-based um, power structures. You know, when you when you start to recognize that your neighbor is as important as you are, or the other people around you are just they have you know they carry the same the same sticks and same carrots that you do. You know, when you start to expand on that, you look at, well, oh, other countries are just mm. as important as we are. And the people who live in them are just as important as we are. Other species are just as important on this planet as we are. I mm. think that that having experience living in a flat hierarchy, a flat hierarchy, a flat, you know, organization. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of the arc of human development is moving in that direction, right? We're moving away from, yeah. from hierarchy, a flat organization. Well, and so the housing helps. Yeah, and I think it's just, yet again, here we started out in this kind of very simplistic, you know, think globally, act locally, but we're taking this idea of global and just going way beyond what, what, what global in a physical way means and just expanding yeah. it way beyond. It also makes me think about the things that, in terms of expansion and expanding my own life, is that there's all kinds of things that I've been thinking I would be a part of that normally I wouldn't do on my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or like you could do it, but you'd have to go join a group. You have to find a group, go join yeah. a group, go to meetings. Yeah. Instead in co-housing, you can just like, you know, plop down and two other people, get them excited about it too. And you'll do it together or yeah. So for people who are listening, I have a couple of um, podcasts lined up while Lynn is out of town. And one of them is uh, with our Steve, one of our members, and we're going to talk about composting. And I think that's mm. such a good example because composting takes, you know, you need like the dry things and the green things and you need the food. And so you need like, a, it's like the stone soup of environmental activity, right? right. Like you need yeah. these different things from different people. Yeah. And, um, and so causing makes it easy. You know, you've got a whole bunch of people, they're all chopping veggies and you've got, you know, a cleanup day. So you've got the grass cuttings and 
all of that good stuff that if you were trying to do that on your own as a single family mm -hmm. or as a single household, it's just more difficult. It's not that you can't do it. It's just, right. it's just harder. And once those, there are barriers, you know, you want kind of the virtuous things to have no friction. You want it to be the yeah. easiest thing possible. Yeah. And I'm also thinking about the idea that several households are talking about getting rid of the one car per driver model. Yeah. Again, in our house, we're practicing that. Not that it was, um, it's not like we got rid of the extra car, extra car, but a hurricane got rid of it for us. <laughs> and so we decided, you know what, let's just start practicing this before we move into co-housing. So how do you survive on a, you know, a ratio that's different than one car per driver? And that yeah. I know in co-housing, it's going to be a lot easier because if one of us gets stuck and needs something, I might, I might not necessarily have to call Uber or whatever. I could use one of my, um, you know, co-housers cars if yeah. I needed to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, to think about the things that you need or the things that you, and, and how, what you can borrow from other mm. neighbors or what you can borrow from the people around you. Um, gardening is a good example in my mind because, you know, I could grow zucchini, but nobody just wants to eat zucchini. You need to have something in addition <laughs> to zucchini. So let's say I grow zucchini, but then somebody else grows basil. You know, now we're, we're starting to have a meal. <laughs> they can, they mm -hmm. can have some of my zucchini. I can have some of their basil. Um, you know, it's starting to, it's starting to round out a little bit. Um, yeah. Whereas for me, for a family of five to 10, a garden with the variety of vegetables that we need, that's overwhelming. That, that would be too much for me to be able to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I think we talked about this either last week or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the little free library, you know, the fact that that's something that a lot of us might have aspirations to do or set one up in our front yard, but there's no way we take that on, on our own, mm -hmm. but our, our group is to come together. And it was very organic. I was yeah. really struck by the fact that there was no you didn't get the sense of this heavy kind of burdened project planning around it all. It was just kind of, you know, it was kind of one ad hockey throwing of the, 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 the starting point of this, the boards and the tools and the poles, and then it kind of got put over here and the next step happened. And then it, you know, showed up eventually at the site. It all just felt very <laughs> yeah. comfortable and very organic and way cool. It's gorgeous. That uh, <laughs> definitely light is. is so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You know, and uh, when we're talking about kind of the the broader community and the broader ways that co-housing, co-housers tend to be pretty engaged in the world around mm -hmm. them. Um, and I think that that is partly because, you know, you care about what you know about, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you if you know about something, you tend to, tend to care about it. Um, and so because you are sitting down with a group of people or having conversations with this group of people who have really kind of diverse life experiences and jobs and things, you have this kind of broader, you know, sense of, of what is happening out in the world. And I think that that makes you a more active participant in your immediate area. So like, like this weekend, I couldn't go to the event Mm -hmm. that you guys all participated in, but I know about it and I care about it because I know that you did it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that is, it is important to me because my community is doing that, even though I had to spend my weekend driving kids to cross country meets. Um, <laughs> well, you but were I connected, feel like you were connected to it. You know, you were there yeah. 
in spirit and we were sharing pictures and texts about what was going on. So, yeah. And that, that translates to me directly in a political sense too, you know, somebody in the community knows or worked with the person who's running for, you know, this, you know, this county seat or whatever. So you kind of start to get a richer Mm -hmm. sense of like what is happening with the governance that is in the city where you are, or even the state where you are. Um, and I think that's, you know, especially living in Texas, for me, that's really important mm-hmm. because we're a state of extremes. And so it's really important to me to be able to have a bigger um, kind of political footprint than I would individually. It's important mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, um, I was really struck by a talk I went to at the co-housing conference in 2019 that was on mm-hmm. the long- some longitudinal data that they're collecting on co-housing communities and what they've shown time and time again is that co-housing, uh, people who live in co-housing tend to be much more politically engaged uh, locally than people who do not. And it probably speaks to a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah, so. I think so. Well, you know what, what, what I'm kind of leaving with, and these are kind of my concluding thoughts for today, is that this is way beyond environmental topics that were maybe being thought about when they put that sticker on your Nalgene bottle back in college. <laughs> I think in co-housing, what, what I'm seeing is it's a much more kind of expansive thinking about worldview and experiences and being able to link arms with others and come together and start generating these alternative ways of living and not, you know, stop talking about it at cocktail parties. Yeah, I think you're just ready to break ground, Lynn. I, think this is I am ready. <laughs> when are we going to do that anyway? I'm starting to count like, the weeks. Get a shovel. Let's just do yeah, it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> permit Just kidding. We care very much about permits. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Co-Housing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter, for general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Co-Housing Houston. And we'll see you next time. Bye.